0: Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning, everyone. Lord bless you this great day, this great and glorious day. It's the day the Lord's made, and we're going to certainly rejoice and be glad in it. And I thank you for tuning in. I want to share today out of Matthew 18, because I want to talk about something that is very important to each and every one of us, and that is our children. Our children are vital. I know one thing. I've got a daughter. Her name is Kaylee. She is almost 28 years old and married, has a wonderful husband, Tyler, and loves the Lord dearly, very involved in their church, very involved with uh, uh, small groups, and my daughter's involved in a woman's group at her church, too. They're fantastic kids, and I'm so proud that they chose to follow Jesus Christ. But i got to tell you something. We all have a responsibility to teach our kids the way of the Lord. Now we can't control the thoughts they make. We can't control what they do. But I can tell you this, we can certainly control the environment around our homes and who we are in Jesus. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today because certainly my life was, as you have heard many, many times on this show, was enhanced by my parents and by their incredible love for Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this great studio and for all those who work here. But Lord, thank you for our children. And Lord, thank you that you have blessed us. But God, help us to love our children and love other people's children. And that people would show our children the way they should walk in you. Lord, we want to be serious about being a living witness to our kids. Because they're the next generation and the next generation to follow. And, Lord, we need to take seriously the call of training our children the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. Heavenly Father, I leave this in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I'm thinking a lot about children because we had vacation Bible school a couple of weeks ago, and it went so good. We did it in the evening, and usually we do it in June, and we did it the, you know, the first week in August, and it went so so well. We didn't push it real hard, but we still had about 100 kids every night to Bible school, and we did it from 6 to 8.30 at night. But you know the neatest thing? They had a great time, but they learned the Word of God. They had an opportunity to believe in Jesus as their Lord, and it was absolutely outstanding. And I think about the responsibility we have. My father talked about us all through life. And I, my father and mother, of course, raised us in the way we should go. We were raised in the church. They were, uh, And, you know, it's just something I never desired not to go to church. Some people say, well, I got so forced to go to church that I, when I'm older, I just didn't want to go. That wasn't the way with us. Our kids, all of us, we wanted to be in the house of God. We loved our friends there. We loved learning. But we saw the example at home. It wasn't like, hey, go to church, you know, you better go to church or you're going to. It was in the home. Mom and dad prayed all the time. Mom and dad talked about God all the time. They prayed for people on the phone all the time. It was a natural part of my everyday life. And I know some people say, well, you are very fortunate. You are absolutely right. I was very fortunate. And I want to be that way for my daughter. I remember even my son was alive. I'd go in there every night into his room, and I would stand over his bed when he was sleeping, and I would pray for him, and I would weep sometimes. I would just weep, Lord, watch over him. Maybe God was preparing me for when, when he was taken from us at age five by the car accident. I don't know what it was, but I would weep over him, and he loved Jesus so much. He had such a love for Jesus at age five and five and a half. I've told you the story before, but age three, when my wife is out of town, he laid in bed with me and woke me up in the middle of the night and says, Daddy, how tall is Jesus? And I looked at him, I thought, why, didn't you? I said, why don't you ask him? And I went back to sleep. A few minutes later, he says, Daddy, Jesus told me how tall he was, and I thought, well, this would be interesting, so I perked my ears up. I said, what did he say, Luke? He said, Daddy, Jesus said I'm about six foot. And I thought to myself, what, are you kidding me? What a great answer, you can be 5'9", five, 5'10", You know, about six foot. He understood that. For some reason, you know, a little kid you think might say 10 feet, 11 feet, you know, but he understood what was said to him. And I believe to this day that he heard from Jesus that night. And then, of course, the day that he passed away, the day of the car accident. That morning, as we were playing sorry on the floor, and my wife is in Indiana again, and we were playing sorry on the floor, and, and he was beating me in the game sorry. I just happened to ask him, I said, Luke, Luke, what's the most important thing to you in your life? And He said, Daddy, God is. And I said, Luke, what is God is? What does that mean? He said, Daddy, I just want to live for Jesus, that's all. I didn't know eight hours later he'd be in the hands of Almighty God. I didn't know there'd be a freak accident that would happen that his life would be taken and he was whisked to heaven. But I think he knew it because 10 days before the accident, he got out of our car, And said to my brother and I, I'm going to go be with Jesus. And my brother and I said, what? And my brother looks at me like, what was with that? And Luke repeated it again. He said, I'm going to go be with Jesus. I believe there's something about that day that he knew he's going to be with Jesus. I'm so glad we taught him Jesus. I'm so glad that we prayed together. And with my daughter, I'd go in her room every night and pray with her and pray with her. And she was so involved in the youth group and part of the leadership and the church. Then she went off to college and went to uh, Pocatello at Idaho State for her second degree and got involved in a church over there and got involved playing the keys. And the funny thing was, she was a drummer in our church. She played the keys over there. And then she came home and said, Dad, I love our church, but I, I think... I need needed identity as not the preacher's daughter, and so she went over to a good church here in Boise. I've told you this before, Rock Harbor, and and her and her husband are highly involved in that church. And in fact, we've been there with them uh, in the afternoon service on Sunday. They have a four o'clock service. We've been there, I think, four times, maybe. I love uh, Keith over there, and and the uh, the different the different people. It's it's you know, God has a purpose for people. The question is, are we following that purpose? Are we showing our kids Jesus Christ? Listen to the 18th chapter of Matthew, and I think you'll understand this. At the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? That's an interesting question. The disciples asked Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. So picture this, the disciples standing around with Jesus and this little half pint standing next to Jesus. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You're thinking, what are you talking about? He's talking about the innocence, the pure heart. The innocence of a child. He wants the disciples to realize it's about that. It's about just truly loving me. Not pretense. Not things that you have to do, but loving me. And then he says, whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me. People, are you welcoming them, Children. Are you showing love to children? Are you involved in teaching children? The biggest need we have in the church, at least in our church, is children's workers. It's so hard to find children's workers. People don't want to take the time anymore. It's, we're, we're our people. We just want to be in church now, an and we can't do that. And, and, you know, I'm telling you something it's a crime because this is vital for the future of the church. We need people who will say yes to the call of serving in ministry at our churches. I encourage you today to say yes for one Sunday a month in your church. Say, I would love to work with kids or youth one Sunday a month. Then it says this, but if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin it'd be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Are you kidding me? If you cause a little one to sin? So how do you cause a little one to sin? Your example. You teach them by the things you say. If you're around the house cussing all the time, if you're around the house drinking all the time, you're around the house lying or stealing or yelling at people all the time, and your children turn out just like you, I'm telling you something. Jesus is giving a warning. Be careful what you're showing. How are you living? What are you showing your children? You say, Pastor, I've messed up. Change it today. That's a repent means. Turn around. Turn around today. Start showing them the hand of Jesus. Start having a word of prayer with them. Go into the room at night like I did for all those years and pray for my, my son and my daughter and my, my dad did for me. Emulate Jesus So that they will grow up knowing Him and have a desire to serve Him. I can think of several families in our church who have had their kids through the whole realm. One of them is in college, Uh, one of them has two kids now in college, and they all still walk with God because they were faithful to the house of God. They taught them the importance of being in the house of God, they taught them the principle of giving of their time and giving of their tithes and offerings. You know, it's uh, my dad taught me at an early age, you know. I had a lady that give me a dollar a week allowance, and dad says, okay, here's 10 dimes for that dollar, or whatever it might be, something to that nature. And he would say, this dime is the Lord's. The first of every dollar you get, the 10% is the Lord's, and I lived in that principle. So it was, it was a natural thing for me to tithe and give. Boy, it isn't natural for most people, 80% of people. But you know what, when you give, when you honor God first, he's gonna honor you. But people, today when you leave here, Know that it's important how we raise our children and how we are around other children and that they see Jesus in our lives in a most wonderful, powerful way. God sees the heart of you and me, and we've got to be a difference maker. You and I have to be a difference maker. So let's show our children Jesus. If you're not involved, not doing anything in the church, get involved. Even offer a Sunday a month. Do something. Do something. Let's change the lives of our community by teaching our children the things of God. And, folks, I'm telling you what, we'll see things change around this world. Hey, Lord bless you. Hope you have a super day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208 362 1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God.